0: going on everybody thanks for tuning in to nba stories i'm your host nick nasby joined by yet again the philly bull with his phillies roaring through the playoffs like the jabronis that they are mark DeQuilla, what's going on dude dude oh my god what a weekend for philadelphia my my city has taken me to
1: all new levels of confidence that i'm not used to having this time of year like I, i was literally planning on having full devotion towards the eagles right now and then tomorrow being opening night of the nba celtic sixers i'm like fully expected coming to the season like us playing against the defending eastern conference champions my full focus there i mean that is might be getting the ipad tomorrow because i will be watching my phillies play a huge game kicking off the nlcs against the padres but i'll still be tuning into. The Celtics uh, Sixers game because I just can't wait for the NBA to be back, man.
0: I, I say it every I say it every year. October is the best sports month, period. Because we have NHL comes back, NBA comes back, right? NFL's in full swing, college football is in full swing. We saw that show with Alabama, and Tennessee last week, and holy crap on a cross. One of the best games I've ever seen in my life. You know, that's like full swing NFL, full swing college Heisman race starts to heat up this time of year. Right. And then college basketball comes back this time of year. I mean, it's all coming all at once. So, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're strapped in dude strapped in. It's all fucking happening. And, and, uh, just to, to go all the way back. NBA starts tomorrow, brother. You know, we got the tip off special here tonight, We're going to be bringing you guys our viewpoints on the season. How how do we think it's going to play out? What is our uh, predictions? You know, when it all comes down to, to uh, when it's all said and done, who's going to be standing there with the with the trophy, with Larry O'Brien in their hands, and and more importantly, who's going to be there with them? Who's going to be the, the the losing team walking off, right? Um, we have a, we have a fantasy draft here coming up at nine, so we're probably gonna gonna spill into that a little bit, which is fine because we're gonna give you guys who are paying attention. And, and you'll probably have already seen this by the time that this comes out. but we're gonna give you guys the opportunity to watch us draft poorly. And see if we can actually get a team that that that's sufficient. I haven't drafted in a in a fantasy draft in like five five fucking years. So I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm I'm not I'm not entirely too confident. But I do have the first pick, so that's gonna be easy.
1: Yeah, no, I've I'm in the same boat as you. The only league I've ever done in the past five years, uh, as far as the NBA goes, is a six team league that I just told you about with uh, my uncles. So if I I actually had that draft last night and if i i really need to tame my expectations because i'm not going to be coming home from this 10 team draft with i think Steph Curry, Zion, LeBron and Giannis I think like I have like ridiculous players on that team because it's six teams so wildly I mean, think
0: that LeBron's wildly underrated as a he is. player right now he
1: really is he falls like deep in drafts I think people you're just like wait for that like fall off or it's also a, a load management thing with him but the reality is LeBron like besides a couple injuries he's had here and there like during the regular season they don't really load manage him that much so uh, to me he's still an asset as far as fantasy goes
0: it's also why you have to take. It's like the same thing as having to take a, a like a top tier running back when you mm-hmm. get, when you have him up. You know, it's like you just yeah, I get it. Cooper Cup's available, but I, I have still have to go. I have to go Swift because he's like the number one running back up there. That drop off is going to be heavy. So like same thing with a guy like LeBron, right? I mean, like the yeah load management, whatever. He's thirty seven, whatever. I mean, we've seen what he's been capable of doing for the last twenty fucking years. Mm-hmm. If that's any indicator, I think that we're going to be in good shape. You know, the last time I did like a full. Um like head-to-head style uh basket, fantasy basketball league. My number one pick, and I had the top pick at that point too, was Dwight Howard. So just to show you how long how, how long it's been. Yeah, and he was a killer that year. It was like 2010. And he was getting like four. That was a year where he just like absolutely went batshit crazy. He was like 40, 20, and and 10 blocks every fucking game, and it was just like blowing up every single team I was playing. So, you know, but we'll see, you know, I have my number one pick already settled. I know who it's going to be and I'm excited to take them and uh, we'll see, you know, where everything goes from there. Snake drafts can get kind of wonky sometimes. So, but we're going into this year and we were talking about this last, last week, because I think this is a really substantial and significant point to make. This is the first year in how long, I mean. I'm, you, you could even probably make a case till since like the Kobe era Lakers, the second phase of the Kobe era Lakers, that there's not really a definitive name that pops off the, the, the page who's going to go to the finals. Who's the favorite, right? You said it last week. The favorite on paper, in, according to Vegas, is the Clippers. That's crazy. Why wow. right. you know that's a that's a cra- and, but like there's a reason why, right? Vegas doesn't make mistakes, like they they pick stuff intentionally and they change it appropriately. <laughs> they want to give people an option, an opportunity to 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 lock this in just in case it goes one way, and they're gonna give everybody else the opportunity when it invariably goes the other way, because so and so doesn't feel like playing basketball. But I mean they do have a good point though, because I mean you have to also think about who's on that clippers team, right? They're they're led by a very stout head coach in Tyron Lou. They have a, a, a point guard coming back who, like, let's get real. We haven't seen John Wall play in a while. He's 32 years old, right? He's still, he's John Wall, you know, an 11-assist game guy at his prime, the fastest guy with the basketball in his hands in his prime. What is he now? No one really knows. You know what I mean? So it's like, where? what are we going to get out of him? And how is he going to utilize these this talent that he has around him? You know, all of the auxiliary pieces on the Clippers. I mean, I get the pick. I get it. I just don't – I don't agree with it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think it's I. – they're like – I don't know if they were – the line I had seen, it was definitely them to have the best regular season record. I feel like it might have been like the Celtics or – the Celtics might have had better odds or bucks to win the championship, but I guess cause the Western conference is a little bit uh, weaker going into the season. They're considering it that they The Clippers were the ones that had the uh, best odds to finish with the best record. I, like you said, it's, it's just a little bit too many unknowns for me to go that direction. Um, although I think they're an extremely dangerous team, but the team that I almost would take a flyer on before them like come with a very similar sort of sort of storyline and definitely the team i'm most excited for going into the season um i guess we can get right into our nba finals prediction to start things off and then we'll roll into the uh awards if that's good with you but um yeah i'm i'm gonna take i was between going in both conferences with like the sexy pick versus what I think is a little bit more concrete. And I'm going to go with my sexy pick in the West and that's the Denver nuggets. I really am buying into the fact that Jokic has been arguably the best player in basketball for several years now, and he's done it with virtually nothing. And he's just kind of been waiting there in the wings for two players, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, who are not just like, those aren't just role players. Those are literally a number two and a number three that can compete with just about any other one, two, three uh, combo in the league right now. Those have been waiting there just getting healthier and healthier and healthier. And what I think is really interesting too with those two is for a lot of the last two seasons, we kind of we're hearing like, oh, they might rush these guys back. Uh, I remember like towards the end of last season, the Jamal Murray talk, are the Nuggets going to rush him back? And they kind of took that calm approach um, and really played it cautious with the two of them. They're too young. They're both uh, locked up long-term with them. And I think that showed you how much the Nuggets believe in their long-term future as opposed to trying to just go for it all in a short-term season. I think that's going to finally pay off this year when the nuggets get fully healthy and make a serious push at this thing, um, in the summer next year. And I'm, that's why I'm going to take them as, as my winner of the Western conference. I think they're going to get beaten by whoever comes out of the East because they might be a little too early. Um, but I just don't think there's a powerhouse in the West with the amount of pure talent that Denver has right now going into the season. Um, the Clippers are right up there as far as talent goes. The Lakers as well, but I don't like their role pieces. Um, and the other team I I was toying with is I still think the Suns have a lot in them. The Suns are definitely a team that I think is is coming in with a vengeance vengeance and going to be very dangerous. Um, so I'm going with the Nuggets in the West. Who do you have in the West, Nick? I have the Suns. Yep, I agree with
0: you. I think any in, until Chris Paul's done, it's theirs to lose you know i mean realistically there's so many pieces there the only the, here's the here's the the issue and the factors that, that are going to play into the suns being able to get to that pinnacle number 1 is deandre does he want to be there anymore right that's a big piece they can't afford to lose him without a sufficient replacement if they des- if they desire to win now right they're going to have to do a, a bit of a not i wouldn't call it a rebuild but the, those those three pieces are pretty core to their to their success right now. Chris Paul, Devin, and DeAndre Ayton like those are the those are the big guys. Michael Bridges obviously is is, is right there with them too. So there's that aspect. Number two is you know there's this owner stuff again. On, from the outside looking in, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a huge a huge difference maker. But the reality of it is we're not there. We don't know what the difference is going to be. We don't know how the locker room chemistry changes as a result of a, an owner getting getting ousted. I mean, I can't imagine that it's going to be a huge factor. I don't think it's really going to play too much into anybody uh, you know, distancing themselves from this pick of the Suns. But the, the reality is the Suns are hungry. right? I mean, Chris Paul is getting closer and closer to a ringless career. I can't imagine that a guy with his level of expertise at the point guard position and his ability to utilize the weapons around him and the weapons that he has around him to utilize that's not going to be a very, very dangerous team coming out of the west. the The issue is now they got their one seed more than once, I, I believe, right. I mean, last year was the the year where they just absolutely decimated everybody, ran you know, once completely like, fucking Sherman's march to the sea on their way to the best record in the league and then just absolutely tucker down in the playoffs. So, is there something about that season that can be changed and tweaked? Is there anything about the the load management, you know, going to that that term that a lot of people hate that can be utilized in order to make sure that these guys are healthy for the playoffs? Cuz I mean, what is the always the issue when we get to the playoffs with 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 any Chris Paul team? He's fucking hurt. He's hurt here. Here's his hand, here's his shoulder, here's his hamstring, here's his ankle. Like every, every year there's something else wrong with him because when you're six feet tall on fucking in platform shoes and you're running and you're, you're running at a 25% usage clip, you're going to get hurt eventually if you're in your upper, upper thirties. So how do we make sure that that's not the case? Are we going to take his minutes away a little bit? Are we going to play him less games? those are the questions that i think are going to be asked i don't believe a competitor like chris ball is going to allow you to do that without a lot of pushback but it's necessary at this point you know and i think that that's going to be something that Monty's really going to have to have to toy with so i'm saying the suns out of the west i don't know if this if you know i mean because they're again also just remember there's competitors that are that are basically falling out of the of the equation the jazz are gone Right, I mean, it, the Spurs have been gone for a while. You know, there's there's going to be some teams that we're not going to see the same kind of competitive nature out of that we did before. So, who's going to fill in those roles? I think the the Suns are going to just be right there, cement themselves at the and and first, make it through the playoffs. I've been I was wrong about them last year. You know, I was right about the regular season, wrong about their playoffs. So hopefully, they can prove me right here.
1: Yeah. They're basically coming back with the exact same group too, which I mean, you can look at it. There's, there's good and bad in that. Um, the good is definitely that, I mean, th- this is, uh, besides maybe the warriors because they just went on the title run last year, it's the most experienced playoff experience group there is. And they've all been playing with each other. There's no new newness there. And even the warriors lost some key pieces. They lost Gary Payton. And, um, who's the other young guy they lost? Uh, auto porter um but the sons are coming back with Dick, the exact same team the only real difference which i fucking love and i've been begging for for a while now is and i'll get into him later uh when we get into our awards but cameron johnson my guys is finally joining the starting lineup over crowder um but i think it's really important they're shopping jay crowder i don't think he's gonna move I think he just needs to accept that role that he's going to be coming off the bench. And I think it's good for them as a team because they really need him. He's a huge... I mean, like when the Sixers lost in the playoffs and said they needed dogs, um, that's the first guy I had thought of. We ended up getting PJ Tucker, who's kind of mimics the same sort of guy. Um, He's huge for them. I really think they're going to need him to stick around. But at this point, like for the development of Cam Johnson as a serious player in this league, he needs to be in the starting lineup. So I'm I'm a big fan of them. They were the two I was toying with. Um, I'm glad, though, that we both didn't go with the Suns, so... Um, as far as the Eastern Conference goes, my sexier pick would have been the Sixers. Um, as a Sixers fan, obviously, if that's assuming everything goes well. Um, but I'm going to go with my more concrete pick and what I really think is going to happen, and that's the Bucks bouncing back. I just don't see a world where if they remain healthy – uh, they got Bobby Portis back another, that sort of enforcer role that I, I'm going to is a theme of me talking about, uh, Bobby Portis was that for him, a glue guy. They brought him back, which I think was really important. And I'm still a proponent of the fact that if Chris Middleton is on that team last year, they go to the finals and might even win it, um, and go back to back. That's how special I think what we're seeing from Giannis is at this time. And it's a very daunting thing to, to try and stop that in the playoffs. If Chris Middleton is healthy, I think it was just too much weight on Giannis. Um, and they, they met a team that was red hot in that playoffs um with the Celtics at the time. So going in injured, I think if they are healthy this season, you're going to see the bucks um, make it to the end there. But the Eastern conference is deep, man. It is really deep. And that's why I think we're more likely to see, um, One of like the top dogs in the East, it comment is going to. I think it's more likely that it's all chalk in the East than it were to be in the West. Um, Just because I think there's a lot more unknowns in the West, whereas the Eastern Conference, those top teams, I think it's going to be one of those like top three. Um, So, yeah, I'm going with the
0: Bucks. I had the Bucks initially too. Um, I mean, I can't imagine. Here's the problem though. Middleton is hurt going into the season, right? Like, they're, it's already – he's already hurt. I don't know if you saw that. He's out for the first three weeks of the season. So, you know, they're already at a disadvantage. It doesn't yield well to future success that their guy is already showing signs of injury. I mean, he, he's what now, 34, 32? You know, he's, getting, he's, getting he's, get, he's getting there, you know? His style of play isn't necessarily conducive to body damage. He's a lot of uh, mid rangers a lot of spot-up shooting, but on defense, he is a grinder. So that's the problem: is that you need a guy who is going to be your consistent lockdown guy on your best player. And they have, you know, and, and like Giannis can do that, but you want him down low more. I mean, he's so long; you need him to do that. So there's a couple options the East is as you said they're they're loaded the the problem that we run into in the Eastern Conference is that there's so many teams that we see just succeed blatantly do so well in the season and then get to the playoffs and the same thing like we see with the Suns or the Clippers or you know recently like the Lakers and and notoriously teams like the the, the Nuggets before the Jazz got you know rebuilt the Jazz that was those are the options there where they just fall apart to a point where you don't even really look their way When you're looking at predictions because it's just so consistent that that happens i think a team that I, i truly truly believe is at a phase where their hindrances are gone right all of the burdens that were on them last year are no longer there and a player is returning that everybody has just done nothing but shit on for the last two straight seasons right we forget how good ben simmons is i think and i i think a lot of people have have forgotten that i don't truly believe that he's a gamer i don't think he's game bred, but at the same time i don't i I think he's still one of the best perimeter defenders in the league as well as one of the best facilitators in the league and they're going to be able to use him quite well with the pieces they have so i'm saying that the nets if they keep this core legit if they keep this core legit and these guys can really put their egos aside, that's always been the issue with them—is their ego problem. They're, it's not gone, right? They now they have they have Ben Simmons, who instead of going on on record and talking shit, he'll go on a stream and talk shit. Right? It's just a different fucking type of guy, and and then so that's the the problems that we're running into is are they going to be conducive as a unit? We've said it for years and years and years. This is the problem you run into with the super teams a bunch of guys making hundreds of millions of dollars who don't necessarily need each other in order to do well, but they might need each other in order to win a championship. The problem is they all want to be number one. We all know who number one is on that team. Nobody has to ask the question. That's the nice thing about this particular big three, the same way that it was with the Heat back in 2010, 10, 11, and 12, um, which is a funny story because I I always believed that Dwyane was better than LeBron, but LeBron was always the alpha dog. But at the same time, it's like we know KD's the guy. All trains pass through Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, right? But the reality is they need all three of these guys to perform at their highest levels and they need their auxiliary guys to do what they do. Right? They need Joe Harris to do what he does. They need Seth Curry to do what he does. They need TJ Warren now you know, to step up to the plate and, and go back to, so, to playing. That was a big move. A, a big at move. least a semblance of the way he played in the bubble. I mean, we know what he's capable of, right? I mean, one of the first fucking episodes of this podcast was TJ Warren's goofy-ass face on on a picture <laughs> on our Instagram, embarrassingly, because he just dropped a 50-piece in, in the bubble, back-to-back. Back. You know what I mean? Like, he just goes off twice, and all of a sudden, now he's back to whatever, right? he's got that in his, he's got that in the tank. We know what he can do. We know, we know who he is. And so that, that's a, that's a huge piece. I agree with you. I mean, it's something that they really, they really uh, needed just another, another body, you know, coming off the, off the bench or potentially to throw into a, a couple different looks on the starting lineup, whatever the case they want to do is they need Nick Claxton to come in and be a specifically a defensive threat. Cause they don't have any of those. Like that's, Basic, I mean, what's their defensive line right now on the perimeter? They have Ben, right? That's great. That, that's fantastic. That's one guy though, right? So, and then, and yeah, he might get you a block in a game, but are we really going to say that Ben Simmons is going to work the the, the post defense game the entire time? I, I, I disagree. So there's a lot of flaws to it, but I think that their construct is a perfect storm for just an obliteration of that entire division and the conference, should it all work out? I mean, that's, that's that's the reality we sit in here. It's going to be them. It's going to be the Sixers. And whatever is going to happen with the Celtics is going to happen. We're going to know this within the first two, three weeks of the season. What kind of identity do they have now? Coach is gone. Team's still there. You know, so it's like, what are we run, going to run into now that that's there? So I'm saying Nets versus Suns.
1: You know, I'm going 7-6, pulled-
0: dude. I believe it. I believe it. I'm going in six. I think that they, they have a killer instinct that is not, I don't see on the, on the nets. I think that even the, here's the issue now is like, even if KD wins another one, it's still going to have an asterisk on it. Cause he still had to fucking ring grab with a bunch of other stars. Couldn't do it himself. You know?
1: Yeah. just put your, uh, your championship too, into the sports book I was looking at. And, and so, just if anyone out there is curious, the Knicks NBA Finals would pay out 100 to win 2400. So Ooh. you hit you hit correctly on Nets Suns 100 to win 2400, and then we have Nuggets and Bucks would pay out at 100 to win three thousand two hundred seventy five. So a little bit of a longer shot because of the Nuggets add some juice there. But either way, not, not bad payouts. If I'd be happy to hit just one of them, honestly. But um, like just reading through all these teams, it's like we said, this door is wide open. And I, I'll be the first one to say the Celtics are the favorite to win the East. I'm not buying that. I think they're a classic example of a team that is going to um, – I'm not I'm not ruling them out. I just think, especially with the Yudoka conversations, I I think it's just a lot of question marks going into what the a Yudoka stuff,
0: like dude. The Yudoka stuff's one thing. They yeah. also have to factor in the fact that Jalen Green just got shopped for an entire offseason. They just Jaylen shot Brown. him like he was so Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. Let's Jalen Brown's been was shot for an entire offseason like he was nothing. Yeah. They, they did Jalen Brown this year. What the Knicks did in, in I think it was 2016, 2017, to Carmelo, and we saw Kristaps come in that year, watching Carmelo, our star, star in quotes, right, getting shopped like he was literally an afterthought, all season, all off season, and it's like, what does that do to team chemistry? You have a guy, how if you're Jalen Brown, how how do you go into the locker room and feel like you're wanted? You know what I mean? It's like you're only here because they couldn't get a good enough package to get rid of you. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that's why am I untouchable when Jason Tatum played worse than me in the finals? Why am I the untouchable? Or why is he the untouchable one? Why am I why am I movable? You know, so so that's that's a, a a chance for strife. That's why I don't I'm not buying that. I think it's a it's a tough pick right now. We'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, he'll use that as a reason to go absolutely off. Maybe we see Jalen Brown averaging 30 points a game this season. And maybe he, he absolutely blows Jason Tatum out of the water and becomes their guy. Who knows? You know, it's like we're all set on Jason Tatum being the guy. Yeah, he's got a really, really, really deep bag and he can go off for 50 whenever he wants. But why are we sitting here just disregarding Jalen Brown and what he's capable of doing on both sides of the ball? He came into the league as a defensive player. That's not that hasn't gone anywhere, and he—I mean, I—I I, I don't see his his repertoire of moves being substantially less than Jason Tatum's, and he's way more explosive, and he's way more athletic. Right? I mean, it, I, it's almost blasphemous. I feel like it's blasphemy for me to sit here and talk about the the possibility of Jalen Brown becoming better than Jason Tatum, but I also believe that it's necessary for us to talk about it because he got shopped after he outperformed. The guy, the guy, right in the finals, in the on the highest stage, he outperformed him. They both played bad at at times. That's why they lost. But at the same time, it's like, you know, and now that guy gets shot. So, you know, that's a that's an issue. That's a locker room issue. That's chemistry shit. That's what happened with Kobe and Shaq, dude. You know, it's like, why Shaq getting shot? If I'm if I'm Shaq, I'm pissed off. I'm better. I'm the I'm the reason why you're here. I'm the reason why I. Why you guys got to this point? You wouldn't be there without me. Why am I getting shopped this easily? So, you know that's what we're running into in Boston. Give it three weeks. Well, I, I guarantee we'll know the the identity if things have gone team. sour. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's kind of – honestly, it. It, it was kind of like how the Nets were last year. Like you you almost knew there was tension there going into the season. Um, we knew it before and, the
0: season. We knew exactly. You could tell. Exactly. By, but it's also – but that's the issue, the difference though, right? It's like this is an organic team. They've drafted all three of these guys, right? These are all guys who came from college, the college ranks to go to the Celtics – And they've played together. You can consider it a "quote unquote" big three, right? With Smart, Brown, and and Tatum, those three guys are all organic. Before the season, we know that they're probably tight. They've been playing together in the league for five plus years at this point. So the question that then becomes, you know, how has that dynamic changed? Has it changed? Is it the same? Do they blame? You know, is J is is Jalen Brown looking at? a guy like Jason Tatum with a chip on his shoulder and saying, why, you know, again, just the, the same concept. And why is this guy getting shot, not getting shot when I am? So those are things that really go on. These are humans. You know what I mean? These are human beings and they have emotions. We see it more than we've ever seen it. And it goes right back to not just that aspect, but now coach is gone to a coach who could have potentially brought them together. If there is issues better than whoever the backup is, whoever their assistant is, what are we running into in Boston? Is this going to get implode or are they going to just absolutely go off? I mean, there's only one of two options because they are good enough team to just destroy everybody. And they have finals experience now, but they also have a lot of issues that could really crack and blow this up. And all of a sudden now it's an unsustainable core, which is the problem that we've run into over and over and over again in so many different areas. I mean, we saw it in Utah, unsustainable core, Seemed like a core that could get you to a finals. They clearly were able to do it. They were a one seed, unsustainable core. They couldn't get along. You know, so NBA is a league of personalities. We don't see it in any other sport the way we see it in in basketball. And that's, that's, it's an aspect to contracts. It's an It's an aspect to team construction that no other sports GM has to worry about. Not to this level, not even close. You know, I mean, even I got the hockey game on behind me, right? Oh shit. We scored again. Five to two, baby. We're up, we're up three to two, like 20 seconds ago. Um, But at the same time, hockey's five on five too, right? Hockey's five on five plus a goalie. There is not the personalities in hockey, right? One guy can't, can't create that much of a difference in the game, but one guy in basketball can. So that's, that's an ego that you have to worry about. So I'm saying the Nets. I also think the Sixers have a really good shot this year, though. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I don't want to get your hopes up. But I mean, they're, that's why they're I kind
1: of had. Uh, I, I'm like I'm with my predictions. I, there's a Sixer I can make a case for in just about every category, but I'm tr- I'm trying to hold some of my bias back um, just a little bit. I'm saving it for one re- one award in particular that I think we should have pretty much locked up. Um, That does bring us to our MVP conversation, but I'm not going to go the direction that you guys all think I'm going to, Um, because believe it or not, I actually think Joel Embiid, as far as MVP goes, and it was why last year pissed me off so much, I don't know if he can ever replicate the season he had last year. I think he should have been the MVP. I understand why you go Jokic, the unicorn effect uh, that we talked about a little bit in the pre-show that Otani kind of gets in baseball in a weird way. It's similar that if, in, if Jokic is healthy every year, he has a case for the MVP. He really does because no one else is going to be as well-rounded um, in contributing to a team's success as he is year in and year out. But, I just, as far as Embiid goes, health-wise, he was very healthy all of last season. Um, Because of the Ben Simmons situation, I don't know if this, think about the first half of the season, until they got James Harden, that was his team, and that's all they had. The offense ran through Joel. You saw that change a little when Harden got there for the better, in a way, Um, and that's only going to grow especially with the development of Maxi. So I don't think you're going to – I think they're going to be a better team this year. But as far as an MVP case goes, it's not Joel's year for the MVP in my opinion. Uh, as much as I want to see it, I think that that was last year. Um, and that's why it sucks so much. Um, if you want me to make a case though for the guy that I think is going to come away with it this year, um, we were talking about another – Category that we're going to get into later, League Pass MVP, the guy that is just electric night in and night out to watch. And I think this year he's just going to bring his game to a whole nother level. Um, John Morant is my pick for MVP. Oh, shit. I think he can take that step up. I really do. Um, the issue with him is as far as a well-rounded game goes, he's not going to put up the assist numbers um, and like win share that you see from – you see from Jokic you see from Giannis I still think he's gonna have one of those seasons similar to almost a Derrick Rose the year Derrick Rose won MVP um, that's the closest thing I can really compare it to where he is almost gets that electricity vote and I think Memphis has the case to really finish as a top three seed in the West and if they do it it's hard to argue beyond Jokic that he is anybody is more valuable to their team. The only one, and I have a feeling you're going to be making a case for him is Luca is, is so going to be so valuable. I just don't know if them as a team, they're going to be good enough. I think if the Grizzlies can finish as a top three seed and the Mavericks are a seven, eight say, uh, I think it's a harder case for Luca over John ja Moran, because I really do think Jaw's going to average over 30 points a game this year. Um, I, I truly believe that. And I I think you're on the verge of him really solidifying himself as like a first team All NBA player this year. I think last year was a classic example that we've seen of like those stars in the NBA that first year when you see the stardom. I just last year it was like night in and night out. We were talking about John Morant highlights. He was the most talked about player on this podcast by far. Um, and I know that probably goes the same for a lot of others. So I'm going with that storyline feel. The NBA likes to follow a storyline. I think John ja Morant is that storyline this season, and he takes home the MVP. Uh,
0: that's surprising. I didn't, I didn't think you were going there with it. I was assuming it was between two people. But uh, it's, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you, too. Neither of us are going to pick Luca here. And the only reason, I'll be honest with you also, the only reason I'm not picking Lucas because I picked him for the last three fucking years to win an MVP and he hasn't won it yet. So I think if I don't pick him, there's a better chance of winning (laughs) it. I I am convinced that the MVP is a storyline. It's Mm -hmm. voted on by writers. They're storytellers. They like the storyline of the MVP. So unfortunately for a lot of guys who should get it year in and year out or at least get votes for it year in and year out, they don't because the best story wins. The best story of the year wins, right? The, the Joker back-to-back, I mean, last year and the year before, just the, the things he's capable of as a point center, maybe the first of our generation, maybe the last of our generation of actually truly what he does, that wins That wins an MVP twice, Right. Uh, Giannis, this skinny kid from Greece who comes up and starts to become this uh, unstoppable force, unbelievably unstoppable force, right? And and starts to just absolutely dominate the Eastern Conference. He wins the MVP back-to-back. Russell gets a triple-double. On a sixth seed, he wins the MVP. Derrick Rose has a nuclear season. He wins the MVP. The best story in the league is the one guy who has been in a top three vote for the last what three four seasons, and hasn't won one yet, and has a case every single year as to why he should have won over the guy who did, especially the last two. Right. It's I. I so I to the, to your point, I see what you're saying about Embiid. I believe that the writers are are honing in on him big time this year, because if he does what he did last year. And he has the personnel that got him to that point, to those numbers last year. There's just no way you can you can st- stick him again. You just can't, right? Like this is the same thing that happened with James Harden for years. It's like second, third, fourth, second, and then finally it's his time to win, right? It's it, He's right there. I mean, it, it, he's averaging damn near 30 points a game every season. He's shooting threes. With the, the as as well as as a wing right now, right? He's able to see the court. He's blocking shots. He's getting rebounds. There's just no reason why he shouldn't get an MVP. He is the most important player to one of the best teams in the league. It's not even relatively close. And he's on a team with a, with a Hall of Famer, like a first class, first ballot, unquestionable, former MVP, Hall of Famer, James Harden. And no one even considers Harden to be any semblance of a number one. Now I get he's, you know, he's, he's 33 years old. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, that's the importance of Joel Embiid. I'm saying Joel wins the MVP. He's a plus 600 right now. He's the, all he's behind is Luca. Who's a plus five fifty. Luca. Obviously I believe has to be the favorite going in. He was the favorite going in last year though, too. So every year it's like Luca, Luca, Luca. I get it. But if the, mavericks keep going in out of the five seed how do you give it to luca when the Sixers are better yeah
1: hey, I, I love it
0: it's hard to do it you know so i'm saying i'm saying and we have to start motoring dude we only got 11 minutes till this draft
1: all right we'll start running through we got the importance one out of the way though our finals picks and our mvps uh so we can just do like we got this draft coming up in about 10 minutes, which, uh, as Nick mentioned, we'll take you guys through that sort of our thinking yeah. as we go through our picks. Um, but yeah, I guess let's just knock out these other awards. Uh, we can do like a little brief why you pick them and, and that's it. And then we'll move on to the draft. Um, but yeah, I'll start with, I'll actually, I'll just go through all of mine and then you can go through all of yours. We'll do it that way. Um, but yeah, as far as Rookie of the Year goes, I think I mentioned it a little bit in last week's episode, a guy that I'm taking a flyer on personally. I've already placed a bet on him, um, and it's purely a volumes, from a volume standpoint, and because of the team he's playing on and just got traded to, having quite literally nobody to shoot the basketball, I think Ochai Ogbaji, uh the first-round draft pick of the Cavaliers from Kansas... Uh, that then got traded to utah in the donovan mitchell trade i think that that's somebody at plus three thousand who can straight up ball um i loved what he did in the tournament this year he led that team all the way to a championship and was their number one option throughout the season he had a really cold uh national championship but i believe he was a big reason they came back in the second half to beat north carolina uh, I think he's only going to get better as a scorer. And from a pure volume standpoint in Utah, that team is horrendous. They have nobody else to take shots. Um, so, I mean, besides Jordan Clarkson, I think Baji is going to get like a Michael Carter Williams type rookie of the year. The favorite is like uh, Banchero and That's Jalen – or not Jalen Green. Um, Oh, my God. What's his name? Jabari Smith is yeah. – uh, those are t- are two fairly fairly good options as Which well. We should,
0: and and those guys are obviously going to get their looks. I think that you know Paulo, it's his to lose, right? Because I mean, you talk about a team where the usage rate is you have a a, a chance to go twenty percent plus. That's mm-hmm. the magic right now. They have talent. They have some. They have some pieces. But Paulo's the guy they're going to want to build around. That's why they took him first. There was a lot of other options here. You know, they could have gone gone Chet. They could have gone Jabari first. I'm not going for any of those guys. I'm going for the guy who had the best preseason, the best the best summer league, and Keegan Murray. Hmm. You know, I mean, Love that's it. that. If, if you look at what is in Sacramento right now, with the abilities of De'Aaron Sabonis with him, I mean, those are two names right there, right off the cut that can really play well together. We'll see how their you know their egos mesh. They're going to be obviously bottom dwellers this season, probably next season. They have maybe the worst, the worst city to play in. Like no one cares. Does anybody give a shit in Sacramento? I mean, I feel like everybody there is just a Warriors fan anyway. So it's like who cares? But at the same time, they actually give a good product to their to their fans, and they're an exciting team. So Keegan Murray, I think, takes it away. I think he's he he's very he's so underratingly exciting, you know. And, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked on him. But uh, yeah. I, uh, and I, I don't see any reason why we can't just keep this going into the draft. Who fucking cares?
1: No, absolutely. What pick are you? I am drafting in the nine spot. Um, so that'll be nice because we can kind of like – you can talk when your picks are, are going and it'll transition nicely into mine since you're at the front half of the draft. I'm at the back half. Um, And, yeah, I'm going to actually – we can cut this out, but I'm just going to – get a Google meet going so that we can start screen recording you
0: know the favorite yeah. preseason depoy is Rudy Gobert
1: Alright, I just dropped that link. You should be able to access that one. Email? Uh, no, I put it in the Zendesk or Zendesk Why did I said, "Oh my god, it's a work thing." Uh, Zencaster. <laughs>
0: Are we still recording on this side? Hell yeah, we are. Uh, Yeah, hold on.
1: I just need to figure out how to... I already have us muted on here, but I need to mute the sound so that I can't... Oh, here you go. I'll mute site. Perfect. All right. Dude, I was literally looking him up on here because I'm like... I keep talking about this Agbaji pick, and then and I was looking at their depth chart, and like they don't even have him like
0: projected to play at all. <sighs> I'm like, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. It's fine, bro. The amount of people who actually get to this phase, like, no, we'll figure we'll figure it out. Maybe you're right. Agbaji's absolutely actually sick, though. I like him,
1: dude. I love him. That's why I'm like, uh, I uh, maybe he will still get a chance. I uh, I forgot they have Sexton too. Yeah. But I mean, oh, here I have to screen. All right. So I can hit where's it on? I can do I need to just figure out, I'm gonna screen share screen share. And then I just need to figure out how to record
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, here we are! Oh my God. You can't be serious. I have to record meetings for on-demand viewing Google one premium. Are you <laughs> kidding me? It's just, it's just, yeah, dude. Does zoom allow you to do it? Yeah. You can record it. Yeah. All right, hold download Zoom real quick. Do I still have a Zoom account. Shiny with Google. All right. All right, I'm just going to leave this call then.
0: While we're waiting here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about um, what was it? The yeah, so the depoy, the deploy odds right now, it goes like Gobert at plus four hundred and then bam at plus six fifty. Then they move Time Lord down to plus eight hundred. And Michael Bridges is the first uh, perimeter player at plus twelve. So it's, dude, it's like every year, it's like Gobert's to fucking lose. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to even like go into that too much. Depoys is kind of like boring. I agree with you.
1: I was going to pick Evan Mobley, was my pick. We could just do most I'm, improved. Yeah, I think that's a good one. To Honestly, like, we can kind of just like get into the draft too and then just like yeah. touch on them.
0: Hold on. Let's... So we realized, I'm just going to. Yeah. Like we re- reset 4626. Remember that? 4626 is where 4626 34. We realized as we went into these picks, that we weren't going to make it in time for this draft. And realistically, like we found the more important thing for us to do right now is to focus on this draft. So we have our preseason stuff. We, you, you get it, you know, when you're talking about like most improved, I, I would say somebody for, for myself would be somebody like an Anthony Edwards, you know, things of that nature. And we can go into more of those things as we get along. I think a lot of times the preseason stuff before you even get a look at these guys in the regular season can be really, really tricky to get a finger on and get an understanding of like how good these guys are, how not good they are. So, you know, we're going to go into more of our predictions for the teams and the players and who we think is going to go off and who subsequently we think is going to take a step back and, you know, who's up and who's not, who's next, all that kind of stuff next week when we start to see these games coming through. But for now, you know, we have our MVPs down, you know, who our MVPs are, you know, who we're thinking is going to go to the finals, you know, judge us accordingly. I get it if you do, because sometimes we're really fucking wrong on that shit. But for now, I am picking in nine seconds. We're going to have my screen shared uh, in a second.
1: Yeah, just drop the link to the
0: and. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. So first picks up. And I am going to take...